Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. Hello and thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I'm going to keep this brief because I'm sure everyone's very busy. I don't know about you, but uh, having had a, a time away at the NEC show and then I was away last week for half term. So, so the last two weeks have just been a bit crazy. Really. So it's really nice to be back in the office. However, I am out and about this week. I'm going to go to the Holiday Park and Innovations show back at the NEC. I've been before. It's really interesting. And I think it's a, a sector of the caravan industry with a lot of potential. So I'm actually going to go see a, a new client while I'm there. And uh, yeah, see what other interesting people I can find there to get uh, on board for a future podcast episode. That would be good. This week's interview is with an industry veteran who is going to be at the Holiday Parts Innovation Show, actually. So I look forward to seeing him there. He is quite innovative in the industry and is branching out into the tiny house sector. Now, we don't know much about those. Well, we'll talk about it in the interview. But a lot of them are on some kind of chassis, in particular do a, do a chassis for these tiny houses, and they are obviously taller than a, a conventional caravan and, and a completely different construction, but they're very cool. If you search the hashtag tiny houses on Instagram, you'll certainly get the idea very quickly. And you may have seen some of the caravan salon in Dusseldorf. It's a big trend. I never Alco to be doing a specific chassis for them. It uh, shows that it's going places, so I'll be very interested to see that. And there are going to be, there's someone else at this show I'm, I've interviewed recently as well. So, but more on that to come. I just wanted to add that I'm going to be November the 1st when this episode airs. So yeah, not much of the year left, which is kind of incredible. But I've got, I've just stopped working for one client for, because basically they decided to, taking at least eight weeks to pay my invoices was satisfactory, which was not satisfactory for me. So I've stopped working for them, which means... I've got some extra capacity going forward for the new year, oh, for the rest of the year and new year, obviously. So if you have any requirements for any writing, whether that's blog posts, brochures, press releases, newsletters, you want any help with any PR or social media, etc., or content generation in general, I'd be very pleased to hear from you. And also mention again, I am going to start looking for sponsors for the podcast. So if that's of interest to you and you want to try and reach this audience, obviously it's early days for listening figures, but these episodes are probably the ones, the early ones we'll get listened to for, for years to come, hopefully. So it could still well be well worthwhile advertising. I can still place an advert on them retrospectively. So if that's of interest, please again, let me know. I will finish there. Wish you all a good week and look forward to hearing your comments on today's interview. I won't say any more. I'll let you hear who it is. Thank you. Hello. And this week's guest on my Caravan Industry Insights podcast is an industry veteran who has been, well, full-time selling caravans for almost 50 years. It's actually longer than that in reality. And his family's dealership in the Northwest Barons Caravans. So many of you might remember that. And you'll already know that the person we're speaking to this week is Michael Hold. 
and I've been looking forward to interviewing him for a long time. Because actually, Michael and I go back quite a long way as well. We'll come into that in a minute. So during his career, Michael's obviously seen a lot of progress in the caravan industry and his products. So it'll be interesting to talk about that. He also has an incredible knowledge and passion for this industry uh, and has often expressed his frustration about improving the image and desirability of caravans, campaigning at one stage to not use that C word caravan at all preferring leisure vehicles. Instead, we're definitely ahead of his time there. His career highlights include over 25 years, really, at the family business, where he became marketing director of the Barons Group. And then after that business was sold, I believe, Michael took on a role on the manufacturing side of the business as a marketing director for the Explorer Group, which is now Obenheimer Group UK. Uh, Six years later, in 2005, Michael then left back to go back to his roots in, in the dealership side of the business. And he set up a new dealership in T-Bay in the lake, which is now called Adventure Leisure Vehicles, specialising in some of the cooler leisure vehicles out there. And I believe he's now the UK's best-selling Arriba agent. He'll confirm that. Michael likes to spot interesting new models. For example, we have him to thank for bringing Airstream to the UK. So we'll hear some more about that as well. Michael's always looking for new opportunities to enter the market. And the latest is the growing tiny house movement. These are literally tiny houses on wheels. And he's now the sole UK agent for movable tiny houses, which look really cool. So I'm looking forward to asking him about those. So that's plenty of an introduction. Let's talk to the man himself. Hello, Michael. Hey, John. Hello there. Yeah, welcome Hello. to the latest trick. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So I was thinking earlier, I have known you for an awful long time. I obviously knew you when I was at Practical Caravan. So we're going back to the mid-90s, I would say, which is yeah. almost almost 30 years, isn't it? Sure, yeah. I remember seeing you at the uh, Earl's Court shows back in those days and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been interesting uh, knowing you for that length of time. You've not changed one day, John. Uh, You're timeless, obviously. Flattery will get you everywhere. Tell us more how you started then. What, when did your dad start the, the business, the family my, business? My father started Dave Barron's Caravans. Well, he bought Dave Barron out for the sum of £5,000. That was in, I think, 1964, 65. Right. And he just kept the name Dave Barron Caravans. It's great. And then, so I started working with my father. And I say the first tour I sold was 1968, an A-line super 10. That's wow. £59 and 10 shillings. So I've always been hooked on them. I just, I have a passion for them. I used to race them, rally them. I've done damn well everything with them, apart from actually putting them together. I'm not terribly DIY. <laughs> yeah, but you have worked on the manufacturing side, so that's, that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That was uh, yeah, what was, it, what was it like moving on to the uh, manufacturing side of the industry? Was it a bit of an eye of that? Oh, yeah. It's much easier selling them than making them. Okay. I was, I was with Eldis and the small groups and, and the book and the company for years exactly to the day. Yeah. Very, very hard work. Right. Great bunch of people up there in, in the Northeastern concept, but yeah, people don't realize just how difficult it is to get three and a half thousand components together to, to complete a, a whole new vehicle. Yeah. yeah. All the design and construction. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy of dealing with people on the retail side and manufacturing. Yeah. Do you know, when I was about, 15 or 16, I went to my career advisor at school and said, I'd like to have my own caravan company one day. A bit naive, because when I, I've been around uh, in a few factories now and they look at it and think, yeah, I couldn't. So this is way beyond me planning, planning all this, getting all these 
I'd say 3,000 odd parts together to create a caravan. And at the moment, it must be even harder with all the uh, supply chain issues, must be trying to plan production, must be absolute, yeah, respect for uh, respect for all those people doing doing all that. And you were, there was a TV programme about Eldis at the time that you were in. Yeah, that? it was called Trouble at the Top. It was on BBC Two and Trouble at the Top. And it was really, it was, it was a bit of a roller, sco- roller coaster ride for me as I took this old-fashioned coach-built brand from York and uh, integrated into the eldest nuke and had to redesign it, relaunch it. Mm-hmm. So I, I had only a matter of months to do it. So that was, so I had a camera crew following me all around and for a half-hour program on BBC Two. So I guess that was fun in the, in the time, but looking back, I think, why the hell did I do that? Really? Well, you were trying. You're trying to get more of an insight. The brand. In, in, yeah, exactly. So good on you. So... Tell me about Adventure Vehicles then. What made, you, what made you start that? Well, it sort of it developed as I was the eldest. I went to Kentucky, went to Louisville, the, the main RV show in the States, Louisville and Kentucky. And I fell in love with Airstream, just fell in love with them. I thought they were just so beautiful. Mm. I wanted to be an architect and Airstream gave me that architectural kick. So I managed to persuade the Americans to be their European distributor. So I left eldest and set up with two guys, Airstream Europe. And, and that's how we did. We evolved it in 2005 onward. We got up to about 40 to 50 airstreams a year. Yeah, it was, yes. Yeah. And I loved dealing with the Americans. I loved designing them with my two guys. It was a great. But the pound fell away against the dollar, became more and more difficult. And we also needed other brands to add towards stream. Manufacturing airstreams, designing them here is, was very difficult. So, yeah, because it wasn't just a straightforward uh, thing of shipping them over. You yeah. they had to they had to make them on a, a European chassis to the right size and and weights more or less. We had to, we had to buy all the components shipments to the states. The Americans just built the shell on top of our chassis with our wiring harness, wheels and tires, and then sh- and ship them back. It was fraught. Yeah, actually doing what we did, so it's much easier to buy finished goods no matter where they're from and bring them and sell them. Right. Okay. I enjoyed I enjoyed dealing with the Americans. I still love Airstream. It's still my favorite brand. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Yes. That's cool. But then you've diversified eventually as your, your dealership into other brands. Yeah. Now, really. And that's I, why I, I changed. That's why I changed the name, John, from Airstream to Eventual Leisure Vehicles because that's uh, what we sell. Yeah. Yes. We sell leisure vehicles yes. for adventure, and I gave the title of "Cool Camping Vehicles" because. I do like different designs and different build qualities and different finishes than, than the traditional yeah. norm, I guess. So that hence then we took on tabs from Canal's Tab, which the teardrop trailers. Yeah. And then and then Arriva Tourings and now we've taken on Hero Campus from Denmark. And now we which are real tea, fantastic teardrop trailers. And now we've got Movable House from Turkey. So it's portfolio a very interesting brand. Yeah. Mm. Mm, well done. Tell us about this, these tiny house, movable tiny houses, aren't they? Yeah. So are they, are they I mean, I've seen them on, they're popular on Instagram. They're very ultra cool. They are tiny living spaces, but I don't know much more about that. I mean, other than I remember Alco talking about them, I think maybe, maybe the Dusseldorf show, because it's, uh, they see that as a growth sector for their chassis. Yeah, it happened during COVID lockdown. We were starting to sell a lot of twin axle touring caravans to people who just wanted them as an escape, opposed to site them somewhere in the late street or the Yorkshire Dales. Yeah. And not for them not to tour around. So, and as, as manufacturers started to cut back our allocations, we started, we needed to diversify because we were losing volume from the main brands because they couldn't produce enough for us. Right. So, <clears throat> hence the, the, the look, look for something different to be able to sell to people. 
for their own accommodation, animals to rent out on Airbnbs or instant instant accommodation. And yeah. these structures are just so well built in Turkey. Full steel frame, they're two and a half meters wide, four meters tall. They are, and this, this substructure, the insulation is just incredible. Yeah. So we jumped on a plane with my senior chap and my wife helped to assemble to meet the people. And we were very impressed with the people, the products and the manufacturing facility. And we signed a 17-page legal agreement to become the UK sales distributor for Movable House, and we launched them at the NEC next week. Oh, at the uh, what's the show called? Oh, the Holy Common Resort Show. So that's a slightly different sector for you, but that's inter- interesting diversification, I'd say. Yeah. So mainly, it's, we're, we're looking probably to to buy the fleets to rent them out, but they can move them. That's the beauty of them. They are literally yes. mobile. So you can put it with a car that will take three and a half thousand kilos. So they are substantially heavy. Yes. And yeah. road legal. So yeah, we've actually yeah. bought, bought, bought ourselves a Ford F-150 to make sure we can move them anywhere. Oh, so you deliver them to customers anyway. So yeah, I've seen the web, looked at the website and uh, it looks amazing that you can tow them because not all those sort of structures are towable, are they? And they are road legal. And roughly the same size as, say, a large twin axle caravan yeah, to, exactly. to delay. Yeah. The, yeah, they're two and a half meters wide, the same as a twin axle, and they're no more than six and a half meters body length. So yeah, they're, they're fully road legal for UK mm-hmm. and they've got full European um, certification as well. So all's good. You know, we, we just, we just wait, looking forward to seeing a few being delivered. I'm sure. <laughs> and when so our prices do include delivery anywhere on mainland UK. Okay. So do they all have an upstairs sort of sleeping area? No, no, no. no, no. Some of them, only, 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 only a couple of them have a mezzanine and an upstairs bedroom. Right. Others have an end bedroom, yeah. a home office there. So we've got five models here on display. We've oh, got right. a bigger range, but we, we've, we've, we've not gone for any of the eight meter models because they're, they're too long for the UK. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And where can you cite them then? Presumably, obviously they're not designed for touring. I know they're road legal, but no one's going to be actually doing that. <laughs> not the, the regular day. Basis, no. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But can you, would a, a seasonal picture allow one of these on yeah. there? You reckon? Sure. They could do in theory. Yeah. But you're more looking at not so much individual, more looking at businesses buying these as a type of accommodation, yes. I presume. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. And for a lot of people who want instant accommodation for grannies or children yes. or relatives, if yes. they've got a piece of land, then you can have a flush toilet fitted or a set for toilet. So the, the, the options are pretty, pretty impressive with underfloor heating or blown air heating. You can have a so, some, some fuel still in them if you want. That sounds exciting. And the domestic, domestic style fitting inside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Much, much more durable than any of the touring caravan motel because they are. They're built to almost domestic kind. Well, I suppose the difference is they're built to actually be sort of more or less lived in out there rather than a caravan is more designed for holiday use, isn't yeah. it? Sure. A better, a safer bet, yeah. Wow. And they're made in Turkey, you said. So how do you just, do they get to just, you? Just absolutely, yes. Yeah, they literally come on a row, row ship from Istanbul and 10 days on a ship to London, Tilbury. And oh, then right. and we send a transporter or our car and we go and tow them back. Oh, that's cool. Back that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I Wish you all the best with them. I, I'm actually, I know I'm going to come to the show next week, so I will see you there but, and to be able to actually see them for real, which would be quite cool. And it's interesting that you're diversifying into a slightly new area, Michael. It's a new genre, but I mean, we still, our main brand is Eriva Pop Tops and Tourings. Um, we still love um, Buccaneer Twin Axles. I sold the first one, still got the original one I sold in 1970. I bought <laughs> it back. 
<laughs> I sold it for six hundred thirty pounds, and I bought it back for two hundred fifty pounds a couple of years ago. We've got to restore them. We've got to restore that. So, what can it cut from? So, I still like traditional tourers, but I do like vehicles with a bit more design. So, we we love the yeah. canal sport and fun, and the canal the sail. They're particularly good, especially for oh, yeah. bikers. You've got to move. Yeah, I've seen that one. It looks it looks it looks smart. The new design for it as well looks really good, doesn't it? What give us a bit of history then. What how do you think caravans have improved since nineteen seventy four? The big the big thing, I suppose, is double glazing, insulation, lighting, heating. And I remember in nineteen eighty eight when the Thetford cassette toilet was in China. Oh, yes. There was no more booking chuckets. <laughs> so that was a huge step change for me, which was in eighty eight. Yeah, and double, double glazing came strong in nineteen seventy-eight. Family crowd. So some big step changes in design. So now campsites, so people can go off right through the air. We've got mm-hmm. full central heating and underfloor air conditioning. I mean, re- they've really come on in terms of comfort and luxury. Yes. Mm-hmm. And have the customers changed much over the years? Obviously, there. No, no, I don't think so. No, same sensible. Maybe, I think there's maybe. A, you could not see too many young families with children now. So the bunk that if, if I see a family come out to the car and they've got four children, I go, oh my gosh, we've got very few six bursts to offer anybody or even five bursts. So it's a shame because we're not getting quite the number of young families coming into the industry that we should be having. Mm-hmm. Majority of our customers are in their 50s, 60s and young 70s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that just a reflection on the, on the products you offer? Because the, the Reavers are more couple orientated, aren't they? Yeah, but I think that's a reflection of everything. No, yeah. I think yeah, package, cheap package holidays, a family can jump on a plane and sit by a pool, and and, and, and that's possibly what they want to do. It's the adventure, and adventurous families who really do love the outdoors. Who get it. We've got some models now just arrived with bunks in, which look very good. There's the new Nova Light, which has got a terrific bunk set up for families. So. They are coming, but we, we, we'd love to see more young families coming to the showroom and to the industry. Yeah. Okay. And you're still not using this, the caravan word very often, I notice. Really, John? <laughs> <laughs> now, the trouble is the holiday home, it's sort of a misnomer, really. So I much prefer to use tourers or leisure vehicles. And yeah, I mean, C word is still there and we'll find somewhere people use it. But yeah, yeah. I think that there are much more than what we to think of as a... As a as the caravan was, they have really come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, definitely. Even the, even the interior design, they've gone all those stripy seats, and yeah, they've come a long, come a long way, in my opinion. Oh, actually, I, did I tell you that I bought a 1980 Sprite Musketeer? Yes, I saw it. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah. But I haven't done anything to it yet. But it did make me realise how much caravans have changed because my dad had a 76 Sprite Musketeer that we went all over Europe in, but uh, it was perfectly of its type, of its normal at the, at the time. But the, exactly. stepping it now, and uh, my my head touches the ceiling. You know, it's it's the seats seem really low as well. It's tiny, but then it's very very lightweight as well. So. Yeah, it's not sure that my family are going to ever go away and it's because they're a bit spoiled with the... That's the trouble, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're selling now. I mean, Coachman, Coachman probably, Coachman's best-selling model is now probably their Lusso range, which is really? pushing for £50,000. I mean, it's a yeah. boutique hotel on wheels. It is, I mean, yeah. It yeah. is so... It's stunning. People can go the, the best they can afford, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Fair enough. You froze for a bit there, but you, yeah, I, think, I don't think I missed it too much. I think that it says it says here my internet connection is unstable. That must be because you're in the lakes. <laughs> we don't have a host pipe. We'll never have a host pipe, you know. Yeah. 
I hope Pat Dan will never be needed. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think we've still got one down here in in Sussex. Actually, <laughs> we, we get a lot of rain up here. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so green, though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What well, what else? What else should I ask you about the, the over the course of time and the... so what I've also done for myself, oddly enough, so people do it. I've got three sons and five grandsons now, and um, whilst they don't want to possibly buy a car themselves, they want to use one. So they use the just word, can they borrow one? So we've actually, so my wife and I, we've actually taken a seasonal pitch on a lovely campsite in the Lake District between Newbridge Bridge and Bowness, and we're going to put either a mobile house or one of very luxurious twin axle on there with a big Isabella Orn. And we're going to use it ourselves and let our boys and family use it. So we're sort of a typical family user of the seasonal pitch, yeah. Well, that's a good, yes, that's a very good use of it, isn't it? And I can pull it on and off as, as I want to take it uh, and move it to another campsite the following year. Mm. And we're talking about, do you ever have a rental fleet of camper vans, don't you? We did have, we did have uh, four, four vehicles just before COVID. We just, it was very, but we just couldn't cope with the ins and outs and we're still our team. I've only got 20 staff. We just at full stretch dealing with servicing and sales. So a rental fleet was just a massive distraction for us. Uh, shame. Yeah. I think if you're going to do rental, then you can do it properly and, and almost do nothing else but rental. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes so sense. That makes we don't, sense. We don't rent them anymore, trade. Uh, okay. And do you still have a good relationship with all the manufacturers you deal with in terms of are you able to influence their or give them good feedback for design, et cetera? I hope so. I mean, I mean whether they want it or not, they get it from me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I've just I've just had six days on the coaching stand and I've just sent them a report on exactly what I thought of the stand, the the models and, and yeah, they and they said thank you very much for your insights. <laughs> Wouldn't like to bomb them, but that's but I, I I'm too opinionated of the industry and I just want to see their brand and products improve and, and, and just grow the, the industry, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So are you going to celebrate 50 years in the industry? I guess so, John. I've never really thought about it. I'm, I'm coming up to my 70th birthday. So I'm, wow. So I'm, I'm, and people say, why have you not retired by now? And I just don't see me retiring completely at the moment. I, I, what, what gets me, what keeps me here is that I never know who's going to come in, who's going to ring me, who's going to email. And I like that. And I meet some great people. So every day, some new people come in. Yeah. It's so interesting. And that, that's what keeps me. Did your father ever, ever properly retire? I know he went on to 75. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Good. I know he went on to a great age. But he liked the industry rather than the actual products. He was a rotten driver, which is a more honest. <laughs> so he, every, every time we went on the Cameron holidays, me did the driving. So he, <laughs> good driver. So. <laughs> he loved the industry and the suppliers, and uh, he, and that's what's very. Once people enter the industry in, in the retail and manufacturing, very rare they leave because people are so nice. The products are so we 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 make people happy through what we do. What we yeah, do. that's exactly. great. Exactly. Yes, that's true. Yeah, there are, there are lots of people that have been in the industry a long time. I know that after I left Practical Caravan, I went into the car industry for 15 years. I came, then I came back and uh, it was pretty similar, actually. There were lots of very, very familiar faces around. But that's where actually the products have improved in the meantime, too. Now, I was looking at, in, uh, I can see in your background, this picture of your rallying, caravan rallying days. Yes. That looks, that's really good. How long did you do that for? Oh my gosh, John, it's called the British Caravan Road Race. It was sponsored by the Caravan Club. And it was the Caravan Club, yeah. That's, that's me racing a, an Elvis whirlwind around Silverstone. 
Bye. And I used, to, I used to race them during the night. Yeah, there were fun days, Concord Delegances and like the RIC rallying the stage events, times and racing through the night from yeah. Maryland. Wow. Mad uh, when I think about it. I know, isn't it? Well, I think it's quite cool, though, really. And what sort of stopped it? Was it just the fuel crisis in the 70s? Uh, am I right? And it wasn't. No, it's, I was actually on a particular rally in, in South Lancashire, uh, going through Old Park, and the police suddenly took objection to 30, 40 caravans racing through a, <laughs> a village at three o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. And they just put a stop to it, actually. Oh, did they? Aww. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Uh, sports. Yeah. Well, if you start a campaign to bring it back, it would be quite interesting, I reckon. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy those times. They were great, really great times. So, yeah. But, did, you just, did you do it for many years? I did, yeah. And I mean, the days of Peter Smith of Smith, Peter Smith oh, yeah. of Swift Group, he used yeah. to rally and race with me as well. And yeah, I, and good old Sam Alto, all the, uh, those yeah. endurance tests that Sprite used to do. And nobody does it anymore. You, you're the oh. one who takes takes vehicles and, and gives them a, a pounding, but we're well, shorter people who will take caravans and motums and, and, and really endure with them. Yes, true. Well, I have to give, give a shout out to Bailey, though. We've, I've organised trips to them for, up, yeah, as you say, up to the Arctic and all the way to Istanbul. That was, that was they were mega adventures. Yeah, not quite racing, but we were in pretty much a hurry the whole way. It was, they were excellent. So I think you've taken off on that mantle, really, John, of injurious drives and stuff. But I'd like to do, I'd like to do something. I'd like to have another crack at the Will Speed toy record. I did it for a diesel car when I was the eldest. And I, I did that to Brinton's Oh, yes. I, I did hold it. I did hold the world record for towing the diesel car. Mm. Uh, briefly. Is it still in your name or is it? Well, I think so. But of course, but Guinness Book of Records wouldn't recognize it because it wasn't, it has to be no matter what, what the fuel. But I really need to do with it with it. The very powerful petrol engine, I think. Right. Maybe it's PC at the moment. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And, and so you, did you know Sam Alpo quite well back in the day? No, we weren't actually. Didn't, I never met him. I think my father did. Right. But I didn't actually know. He, Terry Reid I knew quite well from ABI days. Right. Okay. But you've known some industry legends along the way. My two favourite legends were... were I have to say, Jim Harrison and, and Albert Sundercliffe were Buccaneer. They were just the, the most wonderful, funny guys in, I've ever met. They were just such a double act. So, yeah, they're my favourite. And sadly, both, both long gone now. So sure. Yes, I'm sure. They were, they were my heroes, yeah. Were they? Were they? So you've got no plans to retire? Then you're going to be carrying on for a while yet? No, I, I think love I should, it too much. I should, yeah, I think I should definitely try and take it a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully go to maybe a four-day or three-day week, but no, I still enjoy it so much, so no. It's in your no. blood, isn't it? Have you ever counted up how many NEC uh, or Owls Court shows you've done over the years? It's been definitely over a year of my life at Owls Court. And it must have NEC. <laughs> I must have done a few hundred shows, I guess, over the years. Not just NEC and Owls Court, but Manchester. I did a show in Tampa as well. I've, I've done a lot of shows all over the uh, so there's a lot more stories you can tell. Okay. Well, I've probably taken up uh, enough of your time for today, but I'm interested. I wish you all the best for your new venture with these little tiny houses. So uh, well, hang on. I've got a few more questions for you. I just remembered I've got my, my usual questions. Let me go back a bit. I know you like leisure vehicles generically, but if you could take a caravan or motorhome anywhere on holiday in the world, where would you go? <sighs> my favourite place I've thought travels is probably south of France. I have a thing for that. The food, the markets, the atmosphere, I even speak French fairly well. 
So I do like Germany as well. So anywhere in Germany. So I do like those two countries for their yeah. food languages. Yeah. yeah. Plan- the, oh. I, think the, I think the South of France is a, is a good bet. I, I would follow, I would come there as well. That's really good. But I also want to, Joel, I also want to try Nitris camping. Do you? It saves, it saves all that packing. <laughs> you wouldn't have to pack much. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's plenty of campsites that offer you that exactly. option, Michael. And, and I've got oh. I've got lots lots of customers who are very enthusiastic in nature, so I'm thinking, if you could oh, do really? it, I can do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be somewhere warm, not the latest thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Croatia is the place to go for that, isn't it? Yes, I believe so, yes. I'd like mm. to. Yeah, that, so I've never been to Croatia, so I'd like to do that in. Yeah. Cool. If you had a, a magic wand, what, um, what would you like to do to improve the caravan industry? Is there any one thing? I'd like to make them more robust. The Moobal House has shown me just how robust. And I'd like to go back to boat-shaped roofs, John. Oh, flat, yes. flat, flat roofs, they're pain because they just hold water. Oh, okay. The is, in, whenever you move a, bit, a tour of this or a motor that's been sat standing, you get soaked because yeah. the amount of water is still on the roof. Yeah, yeah. If you look at a movable house, the roofs are properly pitched and just like a house. I mean, that, that, I would love that. But always remember, as a young child going abroad on holiday, you could always spot an English caravan coming towards you because they were always the ones with the boat-shaped roofs, yeah. But I thought that they would be worse. There's more joints to worry about and joints to worry about then, aren't there? No, no. So it's a bit more character. They're a bit less box-like. <laughs> no, but then they yeah. tow better and everything's fine. Did they? Yeah, yeah. What about the old lantern-style roofs? They were nice. Yes, they were good. Yeah, yeah. A lot more complicated. To, they were good. good yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, well, we'll, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> but they had real issues with lantern stones. No, I think a good boat shape would be, would be much better. Um, okay. And the moobles, I think, are, are really good on that basis. Yeah. The construction, the roof design, and they just, they, they, I know water or weather's going to be more. That's cool. So finally, my last question is, if you could have a barbecue on a campsite with three pe- famous people, dead or alive, who would you choose? I've had some really interesting answers for this. In the, from the industry? No, 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 no. Oh, any- Ed, anyone, anyone famous from history, doesn't matter when. So... Um, you got any heroes? I, I You'd like to- my hero is probably still, I, I think Winston, Winston Churchill was just amazing. I just he's the most... Wonderful Brit we've ever had. Yeah. And I hate to say it, I just love Albert and Thundercliff and, and Jim Harrison. The, the three of them would be hilarious. Uh-huh. Well, they're, my, they're my three heroes. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. That's really nice. Lovely. Okay, Michael, I can tell that you're busy. You've got more customers to go and see. So I'll say thank you very much. Oh, oh by the way, my, my father was quite something as well. So Gordon oh, Hold, right. long may rest, but uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the visionaries of our industry. Cool. Okay. Lovely. Thank you very much, Michael. Really good to see you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you worked in the caravan industry, you'll definitely have come across Michael Hold at some stage. Quite outspoken, got a lot of opinions, but a bit of an entrepreneur and always had a tremendous energy and passion for caravanning, which is why I've always had a lot of time for the guy. So that was interesting. I will keep you in suspense as to what next week's interview is going to be because I've got a couple of interviews already recorded, but the schedule is shuffling around a little bit at the moment because of a couple of other things that are cropping up. So if I, if I, if I go to the Holiday Parks and Innovation Show, this weekend it is good for a podcast i might do a little review or if not i'll stick to my existing schedule so you'll have to wait and see (laughs) okay i hope you're all well thank you very much for listening please remember to subscribe and if you'd leave a review as well that would be much appreciated thank you bye
Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It would be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.